check this out. Welcome, welcome to the LPA Big Show. Hockey sports, life for the adult athletes. Yeah. Powered by the Beer League Players Association. You better follow me. Follow us at BLPA Big Show on every social media outlet. Follow the crew on Twitter at Nicker Jones and Trish at Trish Dangle. Let's get it. Here we go. Good week, everybody. Glad you guys are here. Glad we're back. I'm back with my buddy Jason. Jason, what's going on, my man? Hey, Nick, what's happening? Uh, you know, not much. Just, you know, living the dream. Holding on to, like, the shorts weather here in, in Calgary. Like, today it was, like, 52 degrees. So it's, like, every day it gets a little colder. And I think this could be the last short day. Like, it's supposed to be in the 40s next week. I don't think I can rock the, the shorts next week. You could always move to Tennessee because it is like 130 here, or at least that's what it felt like today. So. <laughs> well, I'm going to Austin next week and then Vegas the weekend after that for the BLPA bash. So I'll, I'll get to wear shorts, just not where I live. So I have plenty of opportunity. Um, and speaking of which, uh, warmness in the winter, we just, did you see, we just booked uh, a Southern California draft experience for December 10th. I did see that. Uh, in fact, somebody uh, texted me to, to show me that uh, that it was posted to Facebook, and I was super bummed because I know I'm not going to be able to fit it in. And uh, going to, to Southern California is one of my favorite places to go, so I'm a little sad that I'm not going to get to experience it this year. Um, but hopefully, that means it'll be back next year, and I'll, I'll definitely put that one on the calendar. Yeah, well, you know, some com- some competing companies uh, canceled theirs. And it kind of opened up an opportunity okay. and we actually got a call uh, from a few people that said, Hey, listen, like we were going to go to this other one, but they canceled. Like, what can you do? And so I hopped on the horn and was like, okay, I mean, if we can get it supported and like in 24 hours, we are like 40% full. So I think it's going to be supported pretty well. So I'm um, super stoked about that one in Anaheim. Um, but before we get going too far, uh, the show is brought to you by the hockey wolf. Ow, 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 ow. Hockeywolf.com, very rad people. I had a conversation with him today, by the way, uh, but very cool people. Trav over there, he's just a beer leaguer like us. He's trying to find ways to make the, the game uh, less expensive for us to get into, so go check them out. They have some really cool stuff, even some cool like BLPA stuff that we don't even have, and they're actually starting to carry our merch online, uh, which is a big one. We talked about our merch getting into a big hockey store last week. It's not Hockey Wolf. It's already going to be there, but another one, large, large store. Uh, and hopefully it sounds like that's progressing pretty good from all the intel I got. And I don't usually get bad intel, Jason. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, you're you're usually on top of it. Yeah. So uh, super stoked about that. So go visit hockeywolf.com. Ow, ow, ow. Um, so uh, a, a few things to talk about uh, today. Uh, we talked to my buddy Trevor, interview at the end of this show about um, indigenous folks and this holiday they just had here in Canada called uh, truth and reconciliation day. And here's what's for me, what's strange is like, I'm from Oklahoma, which is, you know, there's a lot of Indian tribes in Oklahoma and I even have like card carrying tribe members in my family. And I don't, I don't know like the struggles, you know, this, this group, these groups of people have went through. And so when I came to Canada and then you, you know, they call them indigenous people here instead of like native Americans, obviously, cause we're not in America. Um, and you know, they had these crazy things called like residential schools and basically what happened is they took all the indigenous folks and took them to school and in Trevor's words in the interview, tried to take the Indian out of them. And, uh, and they were a really bad deal. And a lot of people, they 
they sent their kids there and the kids never showed up and they've been finding like mass graves at these schools and it's been a big deal in Canada. So I just wanted to chat with him cause I know he's, uh, you know, he's, he's part of a, you know, a tribe up, up in Canada and he does a lot of stuff around, uh, indigenous, like, especially for hockey, like he's an indigenous hockey scout. So he goes across the nation scouting indigenous players. So I wanted to chat with him about that. Just kind of educate some beer leaguers. Cause you know, we're funny guys. We play a lot of hockey, but we also like to be smart sometimes. And we want to educate some people and just, you know, prove that our sport is for everybody. So stay tuned to listen to that. I'm also going to uh, talk about Connor McDavid, Mr. Trash Can. Okay, he's not a trash can. He's actually the greatest player in the world, but he plays for a trash can organization, uh, which in turn makes him a piece of trash. Um, and we're going to talk about, uh, I think, Jason's favorite topic right now, and that's injuries. Right? We're talking about beer league yeah, injuries? absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I, I really just want to, we talked through it, and, and I want you to back me up is what I really want. Okay. Well, Hey, I'm here to back you up. Well, no promises. I might, I might stick one in your ass, uh, you know, just put, put my foot off in there and say, Hey, sorry, you're wrong, but, uh, I, I've been known to do that to people. Uh, but I'm going to say that I'll, I'll hear you out with an open mind and an open heart and make a, a very well-balanced and reasoned decision. Uh, and hopefully it backs you up. Cause I, you know, I want to support my, my man, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, but first, I feel, yeah. but first, uh, so, so we have this top, the super top secret, uh, project that's coming up. Uh, I don't know if Jason knows much about it. I, I'm not going to tell you what the project is, but I'm going to tell you we got, we're trying to fundraise some some cash to make it happen because it's going to be, I think it's going to be really cool, really badass. And I think it's really integral to uh, us moving forward as being a, a le- I don't want to say a legitimate company because we are a legitimate company, but like a legit organization in this industry, I think. And so, uh, you know, we got, we got raised some money. It's a considerable amount of money. Um, you know, we could go get loans and stuff. Cool. We're probably going to have to do that, which is rad. But we thought, hey, you know, everyone keeps asking us to buy our our Dex jerseys. And we're kind of going back and forth, back and forth on it. And we said, hey, hey you know what? Everyone keeps asking. Let's see if, if they're really actually interested in them. So we're going to do this fundraising idea with our Dex jerseys. We got uh, the first two sets are on uh, sale right now. We're going to sell. We're going to make us uh, make them for sale for two weeks. You order them, it takes three weeks to produce them, and then we mail them out to you. So you have them by Christmas. So we have the military ones and the Letterkenny ones for sale right now uh, on the beerleagueplayers.com page. So go check them out if you want it up at the top. It just says Jersey Fundraiser. You can click that. Help us out. Support us. And I promise you won't be disappointed with what happens uh, when we make it happen. But uh, that that leads me to my first question of the show, uh, Mr. Limbacher. Um, what, what's been your favorite jersey so far? Man, there is uh, a lot of good choices uh, in as far as like what themes have been best. Mm-hmm. Um, I think po- Pokemon was always a hit. There's been several uh, Pokemon themed ones, um, and and those jerseys are oof, um, they're they're so awesome that like you know I I still wear the ones I have here in, in opens and beer league, and every time I wear them, people are like, oh man, where'd you get that jersey? Yeah. Um, so so that's that's definitely a good one for sure. Uh, but I actually think my favorite so far was uh, from Cincinnati here a few weeks ago with the, the cartoon. Oh, Flash yeah, those were NHL team crossovers. Yep. And you, you were probably like, you're a, you're a Preds fan, so you probably like that Thundercats slash Preds um, mashup, eh? Yeah, and, and I'm a Thundercats uh, fan as well, right? When I was a kid, I used to watch the Thundercats, so that one... Um, definitely, definitely the best one in my opinion. I'm a huge Thundercats fan uh, myself, and I'm like to the point where I want to make an actual whole theme 
of Thundercats. I'm down for that. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be one of. I just don't know where to use it. Uh, LA's uh, LA's got one that I've been that I've been uh, cooking for a long time actually, and uh, I I, can't, I won't tell you what it is, but the name of the theme is going to be the high fashion beer league bougie draft experience. Okay. I, yeah. I, I'm picturing some things uh, just based off of that. I, I think I like where you're going. Yeah. It, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to be stellar and deadly. And if you don't come play, you're, you're missing. I mean, I know you can't, I mean, I know you got family things, uh, but it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty right. I saw, I, I submitted this idea yesterday and I kind of saw they, they had a little mock-up for me and I, I, I was digging it. So I, I'm, I'm super stoked about that. And I've been cooking this one for a while. I just had to find the perfect city to do it. LA, perfect city to do it. So, um, so are you, are, since we're trying to raise some funds, does that mean one of these jerseys might be available for, for purchase here at a later date? Yeah, I, th- I think we, I think we probably, I think we probably can do that for sure. For okay. sure. We'll be able to do okay. that. Well, you know, my, you know I, I'm always looking to help the cause i know and you know my, my problem and i know a lot of people are and and i, I the, the hard part for me is i always think that like the draft experience jerseys are special like people that come they come and part of it is they get these jerseys so i i struggle big time with having to say okay let's sell them after the fact because for me it's like you know you, you didn't come to the tournament you shouldn't get the jersey this is a special circumstance i don't sure. know how many times we'll actually we'll actually do it i know it's a good source of revenue especially if the fundraiser works but at the end of the day, it's like, well, you know, these guys are paying $350 to come play. Like, let's make it a little special. So this is kind of a special right. situation on the fundraiser. But, you know, I, that's something I do struggle with. So everyone out there that's listening, it's like, hey, I thought these were special. They are special to me. Uh, I just, I, I feel like this this is a very important thing that needs to be done. And instead of just asking people, uh, you know, doing a telethon and me talking for 24 hours to raise money, um, which probably would raise a lot of money too. Um, but I figure instead of just asking people for money, I could, we could give them something tangible. And I think that, you know, I think, I think that it's a, it's a good trade off. I think. Yeah, no, I dig it. But the telethon so, would work. Let me ask you this though. What, what's the commission's favorite jersey? Oh, that's so hard. Cause they're like all, they're all my babies really. I mean, I like, right. I'm, I'm a, yeah, hist- okay. I'm a history guy. Like those Boston ones were really cool. Cause you know, everyone was, I was like, I want to do a retro one with, history guys and I was like okay well let's take it back to the 80s and so I did like the 80s theme but with like 1780s characters uh so you had the neon and stuff and I have another one cooked up that's uh, like a 90s theme that I just I'm just waiting for for some place I I wanted to do Saved by the Bell in in SoCal but my bougie one yeah. my bougie one uh my bougie one was takes takes precedence so um next year let's, next year Saved by the Bell Saved by the Bell for next yeah. yeah. Well, now that we said it, we we know you know we know there's folks out there that uh, are competitors that you know they they like to steal our ideas. So hey, look look for our Save by the Bell theme next year, and probably look for their Save by the Bell theme too. Uh, but but by judging by some of the the stuff I've seen come out of other competing stuff, I I think theirs will be way more boring. So that's just that just my yeah, opinion. We'll, but just, we'll just my opinion, you know. We'll we'll be we'll be away fine. Um. So. But anyway, uh, okay, so that's cool. If you guys have a favorite jersey, hey, why don't you let us know on Twitter? You can let me know at Nicker Jones. You can let him know at Beer League Jason. Maybe we'll get him changed to BLPA Jason. I don't know, maybe one day. Um, and Or you can let us know at the BLPA. Um, so let's talk about this Connor McDavid thing. Did You, you saw like what, what happened with Connor McDavid and uh, the 10 of the defensemen from the Flames. And let me first, before we start this whole conversation about Connor McDavid and this play, 
I am not a partial party or impartial party in, in this subject. I'm a Flames fan. I do not hide it, but I'm realistic in the fact that I think the Flames are not a very good hockey team. I think someone asked on Twitter just the other day, like, what, what is your true uh, feelings about the Flames season this year? And my response was, the Flames are not going to be very good at hockey. I'll watch, but I'm not going to enjoy it. Solid, solid answer, right? And, and it's real, yeah, realistic. Absolutely. It's realistic. I, I love my Flames. And when I, when I watch Oilers and Flames, I am not, I am not impartial by any means. Uh, but when I look at this play and everything that came after it, I think that, you know, I think that my argument has merit. So did you see this play where Connor McDavid is screaming up the, he's obviously screaming up the sidewall. He, he's he, the, the traditional Connor McDavid move blows by the first defenseman right. who, who is, is trash. I don't It's the new guy that the flames have that uh, used to play for as a that used to play for the, the abs and then Chicago trash. Yeah, he's trash can too. Uh, skates by him. Like he's nothing. Um, and then Tanev tries to cut him off because he's cutting hard. He's making that hard cut to the net, and you, you leave Connor McDavid, you know, you know, defenseless around the net. He's going to score every time. It's just the way the way it works, right? So you know, Tanev tries to step up and play some defense on him. He gets tangled up there. Connor goes into the goalie. Uh, puck goes to Pulyarvi. Pulyarvi shoots it. It hits Connor McDavid on the way through. Uh, no ref calls a penalty on it. Um, they do call it a goal. Flames coach tries to. Uh, coach's challenge because if there's no penalty on that play, which no ref called a penalty, I want to be frank. There's no arm up, nothing. Um, and Connor McDavid goes in uh, to the goalie. That's goalie interference, but obviously because the Oilers for some reason and Connor McDavid is the golden boy of NHL, they're not going to take anything away from that fuck. Um, they call it a goal. Good. It's a preseason game, so who who really fucking cares, right? Like that's you know I don't really care about the record. Um, and then after, did you see the press conference after, Mister Limbucker? I did. So Connor McDavid comes out and basically here, I here, I have a little bit of it. Hold on. So they asked Connor McDavid about this play and this is a response. Oh, wait, that's not it. Nope. That's not it. Hold on. Oh, did I not put it in? Holy. Oh, there it is. That's, that's Connor McDavid answering this question uh, in, the, in the press conference. Oh, if you guys want to hear it again, I, I don't know if you guys heard it enough, but they said, Connor McDavid, what do you think about this play? He said, <laughs> that's basically what, <laughs> what he said was, what he said was, um, you know, I don't want to go flying in there. And the goalie doesn't want me going flying in there, getting hurt. Defenseman playing, you know, defense with the stick loose. He's the only one that's safe. And I'm just like, fuck, like, what do you, what do you want this guy to do, Connor? Like, you're wide open in front of that. You want him to just roll out the red carpet? Like, is that, isn't that what it sounded like he wanted? He's saying, don't play defense on me. Don't do it. Basically. Basically. No, don't play defense. Like, what? Is this, it's just like the, the Edmonton Oilers fan base, man. Like, they're so, they, they, they think that they earned Connor McDavid because they had, what, three or four number one overall picks before him that didn't work out. So they earned this guy. So they, they have the mentality of just having things given to him. And Connor McDavid is the greatest player in the game right now, right? We would agree, right? Best player? Yeah, absolutely. Best player in the game. He doesn't need anything given to him. As a matter of fact, they should make Connor McDavid skate with a 50-pound weighted vest that Yarmer Yager uses to train every night. Um, that's what I think, to make it more fair for us. But to not play defense? Is this guy serious? Like, he couldn't be serious, right? Like, you, we know what he was doing. 
he was he was he was trying to set up refs for calls for the rest of the season, right? Yeah, I mean that the the whole I you shouldn't play defense that hard on me is like something that I talk about in beer league. One hundred. Um, so yeah. I'll agree with you that like that's that's. But what do you want a pro player to do to just let you go in and score? Yeah, especially when you, he knows you're the best player in the game, leaves you alone, you're going to score. But like, I don't want right. to go in hard. The goalie doesn't want me. to Connor, you're the one that goes in hard. If you don't want to go in hard, then then don't go in hard. Like, you know that there's a chance you're going to get hurt when you do that. It's a reckless play, in my opinion. I'm not saying he shouldn't do it, but I'm saying he obviously understands that the way he plays, the way he makes that drive to the net, it's dangerous. He could get hurt. Someone else could get hurt. And the definition of reckless is doing something even though you know the consequences. And that's what it is, a reckless play. So basically, like, to say, oh, you know, I don't want to go in hard. Well, if you don't want to go in hard, bud, don't go in hard. Like, for me, if I don't want to fall off a roof, I don't go on top of a roof. Because I might fall off. I don't go like, oh, I'm going to go on a roof. I shouldn't fall off of here, you know, because there's always a chance because I'm a klutz. So if, if I don't want something to happen, I just don't do it. If I know it could hurt me, I don't do it. So don't say, oh, I don't want to go in there hard. Just don't go in there hard, Connor. And maybe that changes your game. I don't know. But you do you, bud. If that's how you're going to score your goals. But if you're going to do it, you have to pay the you have to pay the price. You have to pay the piper. If you get hurt, you get hurt. You can't complain about it and say, oh, don't do that to me. Right? Am I, am yeah, I- and and like you – no, and like you said, you know, that – if you watch highlight reel of Connor McDavid's goals, like that play is the one that he scores all the time on. Exactly. So, he, he did it you know, two times some, already. At some, yeah, at some point someone's going to step up, right, and try to stop you from, from going in there and – uh, you know, when you're going fast and hard to the net and two people come together and get tangled up, like that shit's going to happen sometimes. And, 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 and the fact of the matter is, is I, I don't think that players play to try to hurt each other. I think that, I think right. when they're on, I think it's a fast game anyway. And I don't think that, that Tanev even got his stick in, in McDavid's feet. You listen to what Tanev says and Tanev says, uh, you know, he's trying to jump around me either. We just got tangled up. It, you know, it wasn't a, a hard thing. He went to, poke check and miss the puck. Connor Big Davis, fastest guy in the world. I mean, that's going to happen, right? Um, but it's just, like, I just don't understand. What was funny is I saw that meme that a bunch of Flames people put, and it was the one where the guy was riding a bike, and on the top it says, like, you know, McDavid driving hard to the net, and then, you know, McDavid getting taken out, and it was the, the kid sticking the uh, the stick in his bicycle wheel, and he falls over, and then on the bottom it says, yeah, stupid, dirty Flames players. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good stuff. But uh, that's my rant on like Connor Con- David's, uh, you know, world-class player. We all know that. I think it's bullshit that he's with the Oilers. Yeah. I think that the Oilers are a trash organization. I'm not saying, uh, that they're trash on ice hockey. I just think as an organizational standpoint, they suck. I think their fans, uh, and I guess every, every group has shitty fans and I'm just taking all the bad experiences I've had with Oiler fans over my lifetime and compounding them and putting them on the, every single one of the Oiler fans. But Sorry, that's just what I do. So the Oiler fans are trash. Hey, my Flames team on ice product is trash right now too, so I get it. But fuck, man, just it, don't whine about it. Just go out and play. If you're going to make the play, take what you got coming to you. You're probably going to score how many goals doing that. You might get hurt. You might not. Just fucking do it. And if you don't if you don't want to take the risk, don't do it. That's, that's my opinion uh, from, you know, a, a world-class beer leaguer, if I do say so myself. Yeah, no. Again, I'm 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 with you. You can't you uh 
if you're going to make that play, you got to you got to assume someone's going to play defense on you. Good. I'm glad you're with me. Glad you're with me. It may, hey, maybe that helps your case with me backing you up on this next topic since we're talking about Connor McDavid uh, eventually getting hurt, uh, talking about uh, beer league beer league injuries. If you're digging the show, support us. Patreon.com slash BLPA. The most greatest. Yeah, so here, here's my situation. So the, the reason that I ask about, you know, just your thoughts on, on playing through injury and that sort of thing. Uh, like four weeks ago, about a month ago, I, I had a collision with a goalie uh, that you might know. His name is Frank. Hell yeah. Uh, Hell on, yeah. Along Get the him. boards. Get him. And, uh, well, actually, I got the, the worst end of it. Oh. So somehow in this collision, I did something to my hand. Uh, and my hand wasn't feeling good. Um, I knew something was wrong. But I, I essentially played on it anyway for like another few weeks. Um, and finally went to the doctor and the doctor says, yeah, you probably got some torn ligaments in your hand. He's like, you probably shouldn't play, you know, hockey for, uh, this season or a few weeks or at least, you know, take some time off. And I didn't tell Frank that I was going to be taking the season off. So he signed up for a team that we both play on. And now he's mad at me (laughs) because I'm not playing for that team. And he thinks I should play through the injury. But in my opinion, uh, one, it's his fault that I'm injured. And two, it's more important for me to take some time off and get nice and healed up because I'm not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to play for, for a few more years, right? So, you know, I just wanted your thought on, should I tough it out and just go out there and play? Or am I doing the right thing by kind of taking some time off and, and healing up? Well, I mean, that's a great question. Um I mean, I have some anecdotes of me playing through injuries before, but me, myself, um, I, I, I've been very injury prone here the last year as well. And I've been having to live through that. I'm not getting any younger and I should probably rest it up. So I'm right now I'm all for rested up, to be honest with you. I mean, I missed a, a championship game in Washington, D.C. because my back was just f- absolutely fucked. Thanks to Jeff Peck, by the way, who freight trained me right in the middle of the ice. Um, but you know, I mean, for, for Frank, just so you guys know the dynamic between Jason and Frank, they're best friends. They love playing on the same team with each other. And usually it happens. They've ran a lot of, uh, trickery to make that happen at past, uh, draft style tournaments. (laughs) Lots of trickery. I'm no comment. Um, and I guess they played with each other in Eagle river. Was it was it Eagle River? No. Or Nashville. Uh, Frank didn't come to Eagle River. Nashville? Nashville. Okay, Nashville. Yep. Um, and uh, I, I heard the story, um, and they actually uh, they got mad at each other when this happened, and they actually weren't going to come to the next tournament, um, but then but then they did. Um, but yeah, I mean I, I mean first off, let me tell Frank, you do that to Jason again, Frank, and you remember that time in Nashville when I came down all alone. And just that, that I went bar down on you and it was so loud that it's still ringing in your ears today, four years later. Um, I'll do that to you again. You do that if you try to hurt Jason again. Uh, because this sounds, I mean, goalies don't just come out like that purpose. You, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he was doing it on purpose. Right. He, he, he was trying to cause some damage. And you know what? Frank, Frank will deny it. He'll say, I was just making a goalie play. But we know where goalies belong and that's in their crease. They don't need to be anywhere but the crease. Right. 
100%. Yeah, 100%. Um, he was way out of line where he was at. Yeah, so, you know, I, this is this is definitely on Frank's fault. I actually think he should probably um, he should probably pay for some physiotherapy uh, to make sure that you're back okay. at 100%. Um, it, it, because I think this is one of the reasons, too. I know we talked about goalies paying last week and that they should entertain us, but they should also take care of um, of injuries that they're responsible for. So if they cause an injury, I, you know, you're not paying league fees, you know, kick that in for a little physio, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. Cause you got to, you need and to get back to a hundred percent. Cause how, how, how are you going to function in life if you're not a hundred percent on the beer league ice? Yeah. And we've got, we've got the Vegas tournament coming up in a few weeks mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, I got to rest till then so I can play in Vegas. Exactly. And so uh, if you're not 100% in Vegas, like it's really going to be like, we're really going to have to sit down, uh, Frank. I mean, there's probably going to be lawsuits involved. Um, <laughs> um, I'm sure, I'm sure the. Wait, you, is, that, huh? is that the big project we're raising money yeah, for? To, yeah, to sue, to, to sue goalies in general. Okay. It's basically Perfect. like we're trying, we're trying to make it mandated law that they either pay league fees or they are held responsible uh for entertaining us or paying for injuries that they cause. So if you, hey, if you've ever wondered why goalies don't pay their fair share of league fees, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying, if you've ever wondered, you should go to beerleagueplayers.com and go to the Jersey fundraiser and kick in. So yeah, just that's absolutely. all I'm saying. But no, I, yeah, I think, I think for sure. Like, I mean, I can remember w- w- when I first started playing hockey, my, I hurt my back really bad uh, where I was having to get like steroid shots injected. I remember my first steroid shot, my back had been hurting for probably two and a half months. I was toughing it out. And you know, what's weird about it is the only time my back didn't hurt is when I was playing hockey because I guess all the adrenaline going through you. Um, but right. I remember like it was, it was pretty bad. Like it, it was, it was affecting my life pretty good. And uh, so I had to go get my first steroid shot and I got it on a Thursday and our games were on Sunday and the doctor's like, well, you got to rest for a couple days you know, we don't want the steroid to metabolize too quickly. Yada, yada, yada. Well, first day after a steroid shot, I was perfectly fine. Like it worked 100%. I was ready to go. And I was like, well, listen, uh, Sunday's three days. He said two days. I got to play Sunday because we're playing the other worst team in the league. And I have an opportunity to maybe score my first goal ever. And uh, long story short, I did score my first goal ever in that game. So it's a good thing that I did. But then like three days later, my back was back to hurting. So I don't know if there was any you know, cause or correlation. Usually the steroid shots is a three shot, uh, you know, system. So I got the other two and my back was good for another year and a half. But, um, you know, I, I, I was younger though. I wouldn't do that now. Like with my, with my back, I I basically set out for two weeks is like a week and a half. My wife was still helping me put on my shoes. That's how bad it was. And then, uh, then I was back. So I, I take it pretty, especially on back stuff. If it's like my shoulder, my shoulder's fucked anyway, so I just, like, let it go because they basically said you're on our surgery wait list, and the only thing you can do is rip your rotator cuff in half, and if that happens, you'll get right into surgery. So I'm just like, ah, fuck it. We'll see what we can make happen. But, yeah, I- I'm with you. I, I, w- I would have taken off, especially if it's a hand. I mean, you- you- that's how you make your living, buddy. I mean, you're you're, you're scoring genos, fucking sniping. Like, you can't you can't just go out there with a bum hand and expect to be the player that you always are. Yeah, exactly. And and the funniest part is when I went to see my doctor, so I'll just this is a, a quick story that'll spin off of here, but I went to see my doctor to ask him about it and uh he's a, a Canadian guy who played hockey his whole life. He played beer league down here in Nashville for a long time. 
uh, in like B League or yeah, I think he subbed in A League. So a good solid hockey player. And so he's asking me about my hand, and you know I'm telling him it, it when it hurts, whatever. And uh, I'm like, yeah, you know I had three breakaways last night, but I my hand hurt so bad when I went to shoot, I couldn't I couldn't even get the puck off the ice. Mm-hmm. And my doctor, who's like 60, just looks at me and goes, well, why didn't you just beat and go five hole? <laughs> and I'm like, well, doc, if I could do if I could fucking do that, doc, I would have, but I I can't. So yeah. you know I don't know what you want from me. So now now the story's getting deeper on Frank because now he's cost you three goals. Yeah, at least. Oh boy, oh boy, boy, he's got he's got another thing coming, I think. Yeah. So, well, yeah. okay. Well, we get these, these lawyer fees up. Yeah. Well, hey, what what what's the worst injury you have played played through? Is it this one? Yeah, I think it probably is because again, I I got to go get a full MRI, but the doctor's pretty certain that there's some torn ligaments uh, between my my pinky and my ring finger, but down like further down in my hand. Yeah. Um, and I've never, I've never really been injured in hockey before. Like this is really the, the first one that I've had. Well, I hope it's not one of those ones where you get one and they just start kind of rolling downhill. Like I, I took a puck in the back of the leg, like on my calf and you know, my calves are like monstrous. Like they're, <laughs> they're basically godlike calves. Um, I took a puck back there and it doesn't hurt anywhere, but like the side of my knee now. And it's like, and it's only when I like squat down or try to try to get up from, sitting or laying or whatever and man it is so painful and but it's like i've never had any knee issues i don't know if this is a knee issue or if this is from like this puck hitting me in the back of the calf like and it, this happened like in in uh cincy so it's been quite a while so it, you know i don't know it's just well, you get old and you just you, you find stuff that hurts and uh then you like you look at like my kid today like he's playing he's swinging this little metal he's got around and it hits him in the face and cuts open his eye and he cries for like five seconds. And I'm like, does that hurt? Cause it looks like it, it, for me, I'd be hurting for like two weeks. And he's like, nah, it doesn't hurt anymore. And I'm like, my man, you know, when you're young, it just, it, yeah. it hurts for a little bit and then you're done. Easy. Then you're done. So. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you know, but I blocked a shot recently. And, uh, <laughs> it left a, a, a pretty good bruise. Yeah. Well, I, I did know that and I saw it many times. And I wanted to show you, okay. I wanted to show you, I blocked a shot too. Uh, like I, we were in, uh, where were we at last one? Charleston, South Carolina. We're in a, we're in a, a game where we're, we're just, we're, we're winning pretty handily. So I'm like, I'll jump back on D and give this team a chance to walk around me and score some goals, you know, cause that's what, exactly what my goalie needs when he's pitching a shutout. Right. And, um, right. But, I, but I did it anyway. Cause you know, fuck them. Um, they should pay. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> They actually did. They're, you know, decks. But this guy winds up for a fucking clapper right in the front of my toe cap. And it hurts so bad. My toe, my toe turned black and blue for a week and a half. It's back to normal now. Still a little tender. But th- those ones that hit you in the toes, bud, those are blocking shots is for the birds. But you know what I did do? I went to the stats and I added block shots to the stats and just put one for me. So I led the tournament in block Perfect. shots. Perfect. Yeah, that's what That's what you do when you run things, you know? Yeah, so putting in the work. Um, but hey, if, uh, why don't you let us know? I mean, we always want to engage with you guys online. What's the worst injury you played through? What's some uh, injury advice you have for uh, my man Jason over here at Beer League Jason at Nicker Jones at the BLPA? Um, okay, we're gonna we're gonna throw to the interview here, and then we're gonna come back and, and finish this up. But this is my interview with uh, Trevor Eiserhoff. Trevor's my buddy. We we played some hockey. Jason's played with him before. And uh, we're just we're just going to talk about, uh, you know, indigenous hockey and, and truth and reconciliation day. And just, you know, if, if there's anything that that uh, you guys 
we want you to take away from it is that, hey, hockey's for everyone and the BLPA and the sport of hockey, we, we, we accept everybody. And if you have any questions about, uh, about what uh, Trev has to talk about, you can, you can, uh, you know, find Trev or you can find us and ask us and, you know, try to educate yourself because it is important. You know, a lot of people going through some shit that, uh, that, uh, we don't know about and, you know, it's just, uh, just kind of a cool, cool thing to, to find out what your friends and, and stuff and, you know, the, the life that they've traveled and, and how you can better understand uh, some things. And, uh, yeah, so here's Trev. Yo, crack open a cold one. The BLPA Big Show is coming right at you. All right, guys, I got a special guest here today, and it's really a, a guest that, that I uh, wanted to have on because I, I, I want us to learn and, and let people kind of see uh, beer league and hockey from a different uh, aspect and avenue. So I have here, his name is Trevor. He's a member of the Moose Cree First Nation. He's a hockey scout. Uh, he's also uh, the Superior International Junior Hockey League's first ever director of diversity and inclusion, and he's one hell of a hockey player. My buddy Trevor Eiserhoff. Trev, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Nick. Well, uh, thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for coming on. Hey, and just uh, what, before I start off, I just want to tell you guys about Trevor. He's going to tell you he's not a very good hockey player. He's told me that 100 times, and he says, like, put me in a lower draft round, put me in a lower draft round. And then he comes out, and all he does is put Geno's up on the board. So, Trev, why don't you speak to your hockey playing experience and and uh, tell people how how many Geno's you actually score? It's a lot, right? Uh, not that much. <laughs> I think I just got lucky. I think I was just closing my eyes and just shooting the puck, and just hopefully it was oh. going to hit the net. But yeah, I played hockey my whole life. I played. I was fortunate enough to play Triple uh, A and Junior had a cup of tea playing pro down in the States and now I'm playing old timers hockey and playing uh, some beer league tourneys. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's basically where we all end up. Doesn't matter. Even, uh, even the greats uh, like Connor McDavid eventually is going to be a beer leaguer. Um, and then maybe I'll have my, my shot at him, you know, uh, just cause you know, I, I feel like I could handle Connor McDavid in a beer league game for sure. But, uh, we, we played a lot of hockey together. We've, we've played a lot of, you know, in the draft style tournaments and, and doing all that kind of stuff. And obviously, you know, you're, you're out from Kenora and you're a member of the Moose Creek first nation. Why don't you talk to your experience as a uh, hockey player and uh, the indigenous culture and, and, and just a, a little bit about hockey in the indigenous culture. Cause I see these, these huge beer league tournaments that are, they're a big deal. Like I saw documentaries on, on ones where they fill the stands with them. They're played for big money. So let's talk about those. Yeah, First Nation tournaments um, are huge up here in Canada. You have some tournaments that are worth $10,000 up to like $50,000 for first place. Holy moly. Um, you can be Métis or um, have your full status. And a lot of it is just getting together with old teammates and old buddies and just putting a team together and just hope you win that championship money. You have some communities that invest and pay players to pay. Like you get these former junior players, former semi-pro players, and they'll pay them a good amount of money to play for that certain community for a chance at that grand prize. So it is like some guys can make like two, $3,000 playing in these tournaments a week. So there's maybe two tournaments a month. So that's like, sometimes you, that can be a job, like working winters and just playing, playing in these tournaments. 
Well, yeah. Who's the uh, who's the ringer for hire? Those videos that you post on your your page. You guys say you give them a thousand bucks, they'll get you to the ship. Yeah, you got Colton Yellowhorn. He's from South of Calgary. I think he's playing in um, Europe right now. He's played in the WHL. He's played in the AHL East Coast League. Another one is Racy Rabbit. He was drafted by the Bruins. He's from Calgary, and you get a lot of these former junior and pro players that can make a good coin playing in these uh, these tournaments. Yeah, I always laugh. I mean, I know there there are the real deals, but then there's also those guys that do the comedy sketches. That uh, those two, yeah, you just posted a video just the the two days about those that guy that that puts on the uh, the like the boots and goes out on the ponds and and you know sniping sniping genos and telling people. You know, come get me. I'll get you to the ship. Yeah, his name is, he goes by the name, his com- comedy name is Smudgepen, and he's based out of Edmonton. <laughs> so he uses that comedy to, like, uh, towards his public speaking and just be able to connect with people that he's talking to. So it, it, it's hilarious. I love watching his his uh, video clips because it, he's... Uh, connecting to everyone with his comedy yeah i love i actually want to get him as smudge pan uh into one of my tournaments and let him play and see if he can really get people to the ship i think he'd be a ringer for yeah, sure i i think he's one of those guys <laughs> he's like you know those on the binge guys they they look like they're uh not very good at hockey but i've actually yeah. i've actually played with uh them in a league and they're actually pretty pretty darn good at hockey to be honest with you um yeah i heard that too i saw them play in minneapolis you were actually pretty, you were skating pretty good. Yeah, they can play. They can play. So, you know, we talked about kind of your, your hockey history and, and where you grew up playing, but uh, like as a, as a scout, uh, it, it seems like when I when I did my research on you, Trev, I was Googling you, um, checking your hockey DB and all that stuff. <laughs> I, uh, I I came across that you, that you do scout and you you kind of scout coast to coast for the indigenous players. So speak to, speak to that a little bit. By the Camp River Fighting Walleye that play out of the SIJHL uh, out of out of Thunder Bay, and the owner and GM approached me if I would be interested in being a scout um, looking just uh, for First Nations players, and I'm the only one in Canada of all the junior teams that has that specific title. So, and it's it's going good. A lot of it is. I'm asking like former players and my former teammates for help that can you look, if you know anyone in that region can just let me know. And so I'm getting a lot of help from uh, former teammates. So it's, it's a fun gig. I'm, I'm enjoying it and I can happily say I'm the only one in Canada to have that job title. That's pretty right. Well, how, how's the talent? Because obviously, I, I mean, you know, you look at, uh, you look at hockey in a sense, and and it, it's it's been, I guess, majorly a sport for for white people, I guess when you, when you look through it. But now here in the recent years, you've seen a lot of minorities kind of step up and start to make uh, make their mark on the game through, you, you know, NHL and even the lower leagues, the juniors and all that stuff. So how how is how's the talent uh, the talent level in the indigenous communities, and and how is that kind of starting to uh, rise to the top to, to the, these junior levels and then, you know, into the pro level game. But there's always been major factors, major loop, like uh, problems, like leaving home, like uh, most communities, most preserves are 
a tight knit, like 500 to a thousand people. So when a per a kid leaves their community and they go to a city that's half a million people, hundred thousand people, they're going to be homesick. They're going to have a hard time adjusting because they only know that reserve life where it's a small knit community. But nowadays, it's, I think it's getting easier with like social media. Mm-hmm. Then with all the technology, like you could FaceTime your parents, your FaceTime your any family member. But back then, we didn't have that. So a lot of the times, we were always homesick. So I think that is probably like the one major problem that we're getting over is just that homesickness because it is hard for a teenager to move away from mm-hmm. home to a brand new city and move in with a brand new family, a brand new school. So it's something that it where I think it's a lot of players are overcoming and it's good to see. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy. Like I, I never really thought about that until like I got into college and I, I actually I got past college and I started playing competitive softball and in Oklahoma, you know, there, there, there are a lot of uh, Indian tribes and a lot of those guys, much like Canada, like those guys play hockey. These guys play softball. And I always saw, the greatest ball players out at these tournaments and they were always playing, uh, you know, for tribal teams. And I would always say like, why, well, like, how did you not go? Like, how did you not go anywhere? And like, didn't want to leave home with We knew home. That's what we knew. And we didn't want to leave away, leave away. So, you know, it is, it is great that social media and technology is making the world a, a smaller place and, you know, making, making uh, opportunities for, for people that in the past couldn't, couldn't do that. And so one reason why I wanted to bring you on is, you know, I mentioned Oklahoma and I, I grew up around, you know, a lot of uh, Indian tribes uh, and up here in Canada, we just had our first ever uh, day of truth and reconciliation. And it, that was uh, a day that was kind of brought forth uh, to remember uh, the survivors and the ones that were lost through these residential schools in Canada. And this is something that, you know, I can't really speak to because I'm not very educated on it, which is why I reached out to you. And I can remember you four or five years ago telling me, you know, hey, I, I can't participate in this because, you know, there's some theme imagery that, you know, represents those residential schools. And at, at that time, I didn't understand until you said, you just look here, look here, look here. And that still wasn't all the information I needed. So I wanted to bring you on here so you can educate some of us beer leaguers about, you know, one, the, the struggle of, you know, the indigenous person in Canada and exactly what residential schools were and why we have this now, this day of truth and reconciliation in Canada. Yeah, like with residential school, it was made by the Canadian government and the churches to gather up First Nation children to try to get, as they would say, try to get the Indian out of the child to make them, um, I don't want to say, like to assimilate them mm-hmm. to the Canadian culture. And it w- went on from the late 1800s till 1996. That's when the last school closed down. And personally with my family, I had three generations of people, um, like family that went to residential school, like my great grandfather, my grandfather and my parents. And I had a lot of aunts and uncles that went and it was, it was, like like bad like they had a lot of physical abuse emotion emotional abuse sexual abuse so and with this truth and reconciliation the government 
and a panel of First Nation people came together and made made it so we could move forward and we can start healing as healing together and start just moving forward and try to forget the past and just make Canada a better place to live, just not for First Nations people, but for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I, and I guess this came to light because I, I guess there was some, uh, there were some mass graves that were found and, you know, you, you read about it and, and you think, you know, you think, you know, in, in the States in the Southern States, you always think about slavery and how they were treated. And, and you don't really think outside of, of that for me growing up in the States, you don't think about that. And then you come to Canada and you realize that these kind of atrocities happen all over the place. And, and, and you try to, you try to figure out why, and, I guess you don't really know why that kind of stuff happens. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I found the story. I wish I could remember the lady's name. Why, why everyone wears an orange shirt on that day. Do you, do you know the lady's name? No, I don't know. But, yeah, like you said, a lot. There was over 300 residential schools in Canada and they in Kamloops, B.C., where they first found 215 grave sites. So it kind of makes you think that, like, personally, I think if you check all 300-plus residential schools, the property that you'll find, grave sites, and it's unfortunate, and it's something, it's a dark spot in Canadian history. And I think it's going to, when no more people know about the history, more, more people will heal, and just people will understand what first nations people had to go through for sure. Cause I mean, a lot of people don't know that. And I just looked up this, this lady's name. You'll have to help me with the, the, the name of the first nation. Cause even though <laughs> where I'm from, I can pronounce all the tribes in Canada. Like it's a way different, like I like I Choctaw, Seminole, uh, you know, uh, Arapaho, Potawatomi. I can nail those, but in Canada, yeah. like this one that uh, it's like S T S W E C E M apostrophe C X G A T. Like I just, I was like, I can't pronounce that, but uh, the, the orange shirt, which um, is what they ask people to wear for the day of truth and, and reconciliation. It relates to the experience of a Phyllis Webstat. Uh, she was in the Northern uh, Shushwap uh, on her first day of school where she arrived. She was in a, a new orange shirt and it was taken from her. And it's now the symbol of stripping away culture, freedom and self-esteem experienced by indigenous children over generations. And so it's really cool that, you know, that you have that thing to kind of gather around and say, okay, everyone wear an orange shirt and then we can talk about it. Because I think the number one thing that keeps people from, from, uh, learning, uh, or changing how they used to do is, is the ability to, to talk about the things. Because even for me, like moving to Canada, like I live in, I live in a, in a neighborhood where, um, there's a bunch of people, uh, that are from India and I don't know Indian culture, but I always had questions. But in, in where I'm from, it, it was kind of like, don't ask questions, just go about your day. And here, like I could say, hey, why do you do this? What's this all about? And so now I have a better understanding. And so I feel like something like this day, the day for truth and reconciliation, is a way that we can start asking questions. And then once we ask questions, we can learn and educate ourselves and move forward and be better. So I, I'm super stoked that, we're, that we have something like that going and super stoked that that you'll, you're here to kind of you know, let me ask questions about it and get, get the thoughts from, from, from your side. Cause you have a way different perspective than I do. Yeah. I'm always willing to help. If someone has a question, like you'll, like you know that thing, there's never a dumb question. So I'm always willing to help. And 
don't be afraid to ask because a lot of the times someone will share a story, someone will share an experience with you. So I know you might be like shy and maybe afraid, but just go there with an open heart and open mind and ask a question because more than likely someone will just share an experience with you and, and you and the storyteller will feel so much better knowing and you'll feel way better just that that you asked the question. So, yeah, just go with an open heart and open mind and ask. Yeah, with just curiosity and, and out of love and respect. And, like, I think a lot of it, too, is, like, some of these questions are, I mean, they're hard to ask when you talk about, you know, residential school and mass graves. Like, it's hard to ask about that because you, at me asking about it, I, I don't want to offend anyone and I don't want to bring up, you know, I don't want to make people sad or upset. And so I can see where there's kind of that, that kind of that, you know, detriment. You, you don't want to ask just cause you, you don't, you don't want people to feel that way, but you know, and it's hard, it's, it's hard to ask, but it's hard to answer. But I think that, you know, by doing both the asking and the answering is, is the way, the way forward. So, um, where can people l- learn more about this? Like, do you have, do you have any kind of, uh, insight onto where, where something like that could be done? Like if people have more questions, like where, where can they, where can they go to learn? I know that there's a truth and reconciliation reconciliation website. Um, I think it's www.nctr.ca. And there you will have a list of what the commission and the government of Canada came up with. And now the government of Canada will start, I think there was 93 different orders so now the government will start working with first nation people and start checking those boxes off so i know it's going to be it's going to take a while but just as long as we're moving forward and we're all healing together and just uniting as one it's 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 going to be a big step moving forward yeah well i mean i congratulate you for 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 getting there and i'm glad that that you know all the indigenous people will let all the other people kind of share and in that truth and, and, and help them move forward. I think that's a, that is a big thing. I'm, I'm super stoked about it. Um, so now that people know where they can find out some, some information, uh, you know, about the truth and reconciliation, let's talk about where they can find some indigenous hockey news and player interviews. And that's the res hockey podcast. And that's a podcast you're hosting. Tell me about it. Tell people where they can find it. And let's, let's talk a little hockey. Yeah, I came up, like I love listening to podcasts. Like I've listened to you for a number of years and you got the spin chicklet guys and you get a whole number of different podcasts. So I decided like you, you don't have one for first nations and there's a lot of good former and current players. And I wanted them to share their stories. And luckily we have a young crowd, like a lot of teenagers listen to our podcast. So I want them to hear what it's going to take for them to make it the junior, make it the pro and what they have to do to make it to that next level. So it's just having old players sit back and tell their stories because a lot of playing hockey, is always fun mm-hmm. away from the ice and the dressing room. You're going to have so many funny stories. And so I just want people, former players and current players to share their stories and just have a, like a bright side of the game of hockey and it's been going good. We have the show once a week, and we're on Apple, like all the major podcast platforms, like iHeartRadio I and Spotify. So 
Well, we have a new episode every Tuesday, so and it's going good for it so far. I'm I'm enjoying it, and I uh, it's gonna I'm can you continue to do it because a lot of people are enjoying it. Just not First Nations people, but a lot of different people, and that it's good to see that we're all coming together just to listen to a podcast. So it's uh, it's going good, and I'm having a lot of fun. Well, again, you can find it at uh, Rez Hockey. That's R E Z, and then hockey. Uh, just just search for it on Apple or wherever you find your your podcast. And they have a lot of great players. Like I've listened to a few interviews, and I, I'm really entertained. You know, when I get to uh, I travel around a lot, so I, I have a lot of time on airplanes <laughs> and cars, and uh, so I'm always listening to podcasts. And you, you guys have you guys have been pretty good, and, and you got some good player interviews on there. I do have some I, I do have some more like kind of indigenous questions, just because I'm I want to know uh, fr- from your side. Uh, one of the one of the hot topic buttons here in sports, anyway, is is the use of like uh, I guess uh, Indian uh, names on teams. Like, wh- how do you feel on that? Are, are you are is that something that that is important to you? Like, is it offensive to you, or are you just kind of one of those things like, ah, it doesn't really doesn't really bother me. Um, to a point, I will find it offensive. I mean, like you have like the Florida State Seminoles, mm-hmm. and that's a, like a very I love their logo. It's it, very it's totally different compared to like the cleveland indians right where like who who looks like that yeah. and and his name just as long chief yeah just as long as you're showing respect right like i don't want no one to disrespect any culture let alone uh my culture which is first nations and indigenous so mm-hmm. just as long as you're showing respect and just keeping it like uh, respectful like you don't have to start coloring painting your face with different colors or wearing a headdress i mean I'm, like the chicago blackhawks it's it's a very beautiful logo i yeah. love that logo it and it has a strong history and just as long as people are respecting it right so i, I don't mind it like unfortunately like i was a big fan of uh north dakota university like the fight in sioux yeah and and unfortunately, that had to go. But this is, like I said, this is long people are showing respect and just not making fun of our culture. I don't have a problem with it. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I was always curious. I mean, I, the Redskins, I guess, was kind of on the border. You know, they got rid of that. Uh, the the Indians, obviously, they, they got rid of, of that one. But yeah, I, I was always, I always loved the Florida State colors anyway. So I was a huge like Bobby Bowden fan. So I always thought that was cool, and I always thought it was kind of. I always thought they were kind of honoring like the heritage in Florida because that's where, you know, the Seminoles were from. And then, yeah. you know, the way that I, I guess that there's a lot of stuff has kind of come to, uh, you know, there's a, uh, I guess a divide on, you know, when they have the, the Seminole guy right out in the middle or at the first, of the game and, and throw the sphere. And so I, you know, I, I just was always like, well, I mean, I thought they were just trying to, to honor, you know, that, that culture. So, uh, it's good to hear that that most of them don't seem to be offensive, but the ones that were have kind of went away from that. So, how about you tell me your best? You said you like to just sit around and talk, tell hockey stories about off the ice, and that's what beer league is all about. And the BLPA Big Show, the Beer League Players Association, we're about those off ice stories. So, how about you regale us with one of your best off ice stories? Ooh, can this be rated R? Or yeah, PG, hey, like- ra- rated X, bud. You can hit it, hit it hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay i have this one funny story we were uh i was playing junior and we were all sitting around the dressing room we were just 
we, we were uh, sitting around before practice and we were just, there was a group of us. Then all of a sudden we had this kid on our team named Jamie and he was like a complete bonehead. <laughs> he was like too many, I think he's rung his bell too many times. Then he decides to go take a number two in our team bathroom in our locker room. And he comes running out. There's no toilet paper <laughs> in the stalls. Then he stands over butt naked in the middle of our dressing room. And he goes, do I have anything in my ass? <laughs> oh my God. And of course he's going to have like crap all over him. He didn't wipe <laughs> because there was no toilet paper. It was so funny yet so gross. And he had to run to the shower and he had to go take a shower because oh. he had to go wash his crap off oh, right boy. before practice. <laughs> and I don't know why I'm saying that, but it was something that totally stuck with me for it happened like 25 years ago, but yet it's still fresh in my mind. No. It kind of, Hey, you said, you said you've been listening to me for years and I'm big on poop jokes. So I love, I love a good poop story. <laughs> yeah yeah it was insane <laughs> oh that's great man all right well i don't want to take up too much more of your time trev but i, I really do appreciate you coming on and and hopefully you know you know we can do this again and, and we can talk about you know stuff like this just to, like i said i, I want to educate people I, I want people to come away with a better understanding of not only you know their culture or our sport but other people's culture and and kind of the the trials and tribulations that that some people have gone through uh to, to be a part of our sport and uh and, you know, I just want to coexist. Like, we just want to make the world, you know, better for everybody. So, you know, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I want everyone to go look at uh, your podcast over just Res Hockey. Is it just Res Hockey on Facebook? Yeah. Like, at Res Hockey. That's or I our... think it's Res Hockey Podcast, I think. Let me, hey, let me, let me just look. We're, we're going to get this thing right before yeah. we get off here. Hold on. Res. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Uh, but it, it is a good podcast. I mean, if, if you're listening to my show, you, you probably like uh, – hockey or at least you like sports you need to go over and listen to him it is res hockey podcast r-e-z-h-o-c-k-e-y podcast go check them out yeah. they're uh they're, they're growing they're getting bigger and they got some good stories so go listen to them and and trev thanks a lot for coming on and, and talking about it and anytime you want to come on you're, you're more than welcome and hopefully hopefully we'll get back on the ice together soon and i'll put you in a, a high draft round because i know that's where you belong yeah thanks for having me and uh yeah man i miss you i haven't seen you in a while and I want to come play in your tourneys and hopefully one day you and I get to play on the same. Uh, yeah. We never, we never have got that. Like I played with big urn. Uh, I played with big urn's brother, but I, I never got, I never got you. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get you eventually. Yeah. Cause I don't think I've ever want to face off against you. Yeah. That's that's literally <laughs> the only thing I'm good at. Like I can't score. I can't skate, but I can face off like a motherfucker. So um so let, yeah, let's let's do that. I mean, we're we're, we're obviously with the, this new new gig, we're we're expanding into uh, Eastern Canada. We just booked uh, St. John's, Newfoundland. I'm working on Halifax, and I am working on Toronto. So I know I'll get one close right. to you soon. Yes, for sure, I'll be there for sure. But yeah, thanks for having me, and let's do this again. I had I had a lot of fun. Thanks. All right, Trav. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. All right, we'll All see right. you. Bye. All right, that was Trav. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, one thing I want to talk to you about, Jason, uh, from that interview was we talked about, um, um, I guess, Native American indigenous imagery in sports, such as as team uh, t- team names, like obviously the Cleveland Indians, they changed Washington Redskins, they've changed. What 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 are your thoughts on that? Like, are you like are you cool with it? Like when we talked to Trev, Trev was just like, obviously, he just said in the interview, as long as it's respectful. You know, the thing about the Indians is just that no one looked like that. 
and they called him like Chief Wahoo. And so that was a little disrespectful. But Trev loves like the Chicago Blackhawks. He loved the fight in Sioux. He thought those were cool. So what like what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, you know, the Washington was was a no brainer. Um you, you know, your team name is basically a slur. Uh mm-hmm. so like you gotta get rid of that one. Uh same thing with the Indians because of the old logo. Um, you know, I know that was uh, you know, offensive to a lot of people. Um, just to to kind of cartoonize and like over dramatic features and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I, I'm with all that. I, you know, like, like you, I'm a, I'm a middle-class white male, so I don't understand necessarily kind of, um, I, well, I can't put myself in, in Trev's shoes, right? Like I don't understand, exactly. uh, kind of what that feels like. Um, but I, I've heard from many people, uh, that are in, you know, Indian communities or whatever that you know, the Blackhawks is not offensive. It was, you know, the, it was named for a specific reason and it was, uh, you know, meant to be kind of a, a, a sign of respect and that sort of thing. Um, so, like, I, I try to kind of take myself out of it and listen to, you know, what, uh, you know, Native Americans or indigenous people in, in Canada would say. And, you know, I kind of let them be the, the leaders in that and say, like, hey, if it's offensive to them, then, you know, they, we need to talk about changing it. Yep. Um, but I think there are a few, like I said, like, obviously the Washington one was like, hey, it's a no brainer. Like we, we can't have a, a team named this, uh, again, basically it, it'd be like having a team in Alabama called the, the Alabama honkies or something, right? Yeah. For sure. uh, Alabama white trash. Like, I mean, that's essentially the same thing. Um, and you know, I think that was a no brainer, but yeah, I, I just try to listen to, to what, you know, people that, that are in that situation say and what's, what's offensive to them and. Um, you know, I, I generally don't disagree because, you know, I have to, to go off what, how they that's, feel that's and not us. kind of their perspective. Yeah. I mean, if it's offensive to them, like exactly. it's, not, it's not gonna be offensive to us because like, like we're not native American or indigenous. Right. And that's what, the, exactly. the hard part is like, I always say like, we could solve a lot of things if we just sat down and talked. And the, the problem is, is that I, especially like what I learned when I moved to like in Oklahoma, obviously like Nashville, it's, it's a very you know, old school place. And there's a lot of uh, hate and bigotry still around in, in a lot of places, not just Nashville, not just Oklahoma, but where I'm from, I just didn't feel ever comfortable, like asking questions about different cultures t- to the people. Right. And so like I moved to Canada, right. I moved to Calgary and it's way more like accepting and uh, maybe not. Yeah. Accepting, but just, I guess way more like a, of a, of a, a melting pot, I guess. And like, I felt way more comfortable. Like it, it seemed like people were way more apt to, Hey, you could ask questions. Like, you know, obviously like when I was in college, nine 11 happened. So, you know, there was all the hate with, you know, the Muslim community and all, like, just, I just, I just, I just couldn't understand. Cause I, I didn't want to ask the questions because I didn't want to offend anyone, but I just wanted to learn. And so I like that about Canada. So it was, it was nice to be able to sit down and Trev and just ask him some questions that, that I had. And basically it came down. I was like, Hey, we're not going to get offended by questions, especially if you're coming from a place of respect and wanting to understand. So ask all the questions right. and then find the answers. Right. Yeah. And I think if, if everyone kind of took that there and was like, okay, this is what, this is what it is portrayed in the world, but this is what the actual, the actuality is. I think it would, it, the world would be a better place. And, you know, it's, it's cool to be able to, to talk to people on that, especially on the show that's mainly about sports because, I mean, sports is about people. And so if, if more people got along, then sports would be way better, right? So, yeah. So, but anyway, that's the show Absolutely. today. 
Oh, sorry. Anything else? No, that's it. Cool. I'm, I'm with you. All right, well, that's the show today, guys. Hey, go Beer League uh, Jersey fundraiser. Big, big secret project. It's not really about suing goalies, but I know sometimes some of you guys would like to. Uh, come come to our draft experiences. we got a bunch of them. got a bunch of BLPA bashes coming up next year where you can bring your team, and uh, hopefully we'll see you guys there. Jason, anything to add before we go? No, man. I'm with it. All right. Find uh, him at uh, Beer League Jason. Find me at Nick or Jones. Find us both at the BLPA. Be good or be good at it.